before? Ugh. You feeling good? Are we starting? Mm-hmm. Is this the beginning? Yes, but like, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling weird. Okay. It is, it is spooky season. It's a weird time of year. The days are shorter, the nights are longer, and it is our, our last hoorah before, before winter is upon us. <laughs> It'll be so much nicer uh, running. It in will. the park when it's not 90 and above with, you know, 70 and above humidity. Yes, yes. That'll that, be nice. That part will be much better. Mm -hmm. I am much less likely to die of heat stroke. Mm -hmm. um, however, in Tennessee, if you're, you know, across that central time zone thing, um, it's going to start getting dark at 4 p.m. and I am not ready. Mm -hmm. Just encourage us to get up earlier. It will not. That is not how my body works. Um, Encourage me to get up earlier and I'll bother you. You won't. We say that every year and you do not. No. <laughs> I am unemployed right now and it is it is a very strange time. Um, I got laid off in July after working all of 2020 from the office, even though I was uncomfortable. And now I'm just in a real strange place of being a 20-something millennial looking for a job, which just... Yeah, everyone always says that, like, everybody's hiring, everybody's hiring, but, like, are they? They don't seem to be. Well, that's why we're doing this, right? Yes, this is to, to, fill, my, to fill my time as I search for a job at a livable wage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I can tell you ghost stories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is my work. Mm -hmm. On time. Podcasting and there's our cat. Hello, cat. She's always, like sound asleep and then we start recording and she's like here i am ready to attack this tablecloth i just hear the bell coming from a different room and i'm like it's our cat anyway this is episode three of spook history uh we're gonna do things a little different this time i'm gonna go first we're just gonna try a few different things in early episodes and kind of see what lands so if you, if you happen to find us give us your thoughts what do you like yeah so, yeah, since I'm going first, I guess this is history spook episode. <laughs> history spook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the spook comes after the history. And uh, I know we said last time that we were talking about bridges, but uh, hey, in episode one, I said that I was uh, going to be talking about caves and mythology, and that completely changed. So this time, I'm going to start off talking about dogs. Yeah, isn't that throwing you for a ringer? Yeah. Dogs? Yeah, we're going to start off talking about dogs, even is though this, we have a cat. Is this your way of telling me that we're getting a dog? Because um, I'm, I'm cool with that. That sounds great. I mean, we're starting off as uh, dogs that are guards to the uh, to the afterlife world or I, guides. You know. I bet they would also like loving homes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, we're talking about dogs. Uh, we'll just start at the very beginning when they were domesticated. It's a very long time ago now. Sometime during the last ice age, there's a lot of a uh, fair amount of disagreement still about where and when exactly the first dogs were domesticated. In fact, there's a theory that they were possibly even domesticated at multiple locations 
around different periods of time across Eurasia. But we know that by the end of the last Ice Age, they were fairly widespread. Uh, in fact, we can go to the world's oldest known temple, which is Gobekli Tepe in Turkey, uh, which is an old stone circle from about 12,000 BC, which shows dogs among the many carvings on it. But that actually reminds me, uh, just recently, uh, archaeologists think they might have uncovered an even older circle nearby Gobekli Tepe, uh, which is interesting, pushes back a beginning of monument building even farther than it was originally. So the reason I want to talk about dogs is because... I don't since... think you need a reason to talk about dogs. No, I probably don't. <laughs> but... In, in relation to uh, the history part of it, dogs are one of those creatures that shows up almost everywhere in cultures across the world in mythology. What dogs represent is fairly common across cultures. Obviously, they're guards, companions, protectors, guides. Yeah, there are some interesting common themes and by how far that these themes are spread out, we can determine that they probably arose very soon after early humans migrated out of Africa. Uh, they exist from Egypt to the Americas and Europe and Central Asia, Persia, the Indus Valley civilization, and then the... Uh... <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were about to correct me on something nope. by holding up a finger. Nope, I uh, <laughs> I didn't want to sneeze over your audio because that sneeze is going to have to get cut out because of the spike. Okay. But yeah, so there's an interesting common theme that runs throughout these, uh, especially in Dog's relationship to death and as guides in the afterlife. Uh, you can think of the uh, theme of a three-headed dog at the gates of the afterlife. Also, Anubis uh, was a dog guide through the afterlife. In fact, uh, this might be common knowledge to some people, but uh, ancient Egyptians uh, considered dogs to be so much their family that they would mummify them after uh, after death, so dogs could also participate in the afterlife with them. <laughs> and they also appear in the story of Inanna's descent to the underworld, which is a Mesopotamian tale that's thought by some to actually be older than the Epic of Gilgamesh. Uh, in this tale, the goddess Inanna, who has various counterparts throughout the Near East and Eastern Mediterranean, uh, she descends to the underworld to meet with her uh, lover who has gone there, uh, Demuzid the Shepherd, uh, which you can think of uh, common themes in of uh, someone descending to the underworld to get a lover and they end up, they're, they're not able to retrieve them. Uh, but also in this early myth, uh, Demuzid was apparently also keeping guard dogs in the underworld as well. So we know that is a very old theme. And I could go on for hours about that story about Inanna's descent to the underworld and how it influenced later myths, because of course, this myth dates back thousands of years before even like the late Bronze Age collapsed, before the classical civilizations, the Greeks and the Romans that we think of. This is a very old story. I could go on for ages about how it impacted the region and Western culture, but 
I won't, that's for another time. Instead, let's talk about dogs as guardians to the next world. So Zoroastrians, who were a Persian, it was, it was a Persian religion, came from Central Asia, and they believed that how one treated dogs would be taken into account uh, when they crossed the famous bridge that exists in Zoroastrian religion, where that, depending on the actions that you've taken in life, if you've been good and selfless or selfish and evil, would depend on if you were thrown off this bridge or not. Seems fair. And that myth is seen to influence uh, later, you know, monotheistic religions as well. Um, so dogs were not just guides in death, they were also guards of the bridge. Oh. And that's where bridges come in. <laughs> so like, in, in today's world, there's a common theme with uh, near-death experiences that, you know, you go through a tunnel and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, that wasn't really common for many early people that I found. In fact, I've found almost, I haven't been able to find a single reference of an early religion that referenced you traveling through a tunnel after death. What I found was most common is that you frequently cross a river, some kind of body of water, usually on a bridge. The, the idea that there's a bridge that connects our world to the spirit world also exists uh, across countless cultures. Like you can think of um, Norse mythology, the rainbow bridge that connects Midgard, our world, to Asgard, the world of the gods. It's a little bit of a tangent here, but so have you heard of the rainbow bridge story about pets? About, about like... The euphemism for like your pet passing away as it crossed the rainbow bridge. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very familiar with it. I would I don't like it. Okay. It's very sad. Why? Because it's interesting. Because I mean that story became common in Western. From what I can tell, that story became common in Western culture around like the 80s and 90s. Oh, that's very recent. Very recent. You know, because a lot of Christians are uncomfortable with the idea that their pets won't get to join them in heaven because that gets taught by some denominations. Absurd. So this idea that after a pet dies, it crosses the rainbow bridge to go to the meadow and wait for you before heaven. So that story itself appeared recently, but it does draw on very old tropes. Hmm. It's an interesting revisiting to a very old theme, but in a, in a modern context. Yeah, so in ancient mythology, got, uh, dogs were thought to guard the bridge to the next world. In that case, though, what guards bridges in our world? And the answer for that was usually some kind of demon. Great, cool, excellent, <laughs> fun. And it's not as cute. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is another theme that is very old in the collective human unconscious as well. The idea that there is an entity that guards the bridge to, um, if it's on like the hero's quest or mm -hmm. just the bridge that's near your village that you grew up in, the idea that there's something that lives there. Mm -hmm. um, most people have heard of the troll under the bridge story. Think uh, the three billy goats gruff. Yeah. Yeah. So for people who don't remember that, there are three billy goats and they need to cross a bridge. As they go to cross this wooden bridge, uh, there's a terrible troll that lives underneath, jumps out, and uh, threatens them that it will eat them. The little goat first, uh, first tells the troll, hey, wait until uh, my brother gets here, and then you can eat us both, and it crosses the bridge. 
Um, <laughs> then the second goat arrives. You've got to be clever if you're the smallest. <laughs> I do like these old stories. The, the I forgot about that. I haven't thought about this story in a long time. I, I, I didn't I forgot really remember the it. details of it either until I, and that's why I figured a lot of people might have forgotten it yeah, too. Yeah, no, so it's like a staple as to... a child. And I was like, <laughs> I haven't thought about this story in years. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, the, so then the second Billy Goat arrives. Um, and the second Billy Goat says the says the same thing. Says, "Let me cross. There's an even bigger one coming after me." <laughs> they're just throwing the older sibling <laughs> under the bus. They're just like, "You just wait till my big brother gets here. He's gonna handle it, troll." So yeah. <laughs> um, I cringe as the older sibling. The uh, very early equivalent of just wait till my dad hears about this. <laughs> All right, there, Draco. <laughs> Father would heal about this. Whoa, that was bad. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Whoa. I don't know if that was Southern or British. I don't know what just happened. I apologize. That was offensive to, like, everyone. I'm very sorry, Tom Felton. <sighs> anyway, yeah, to, to finish up this very short story, so the third and largest Billy Goat arrives, and the hungry troll is like, well, uh, your, your, your two younger siblings said that I could eat you. <laughs> And the third Billy Goat says, ah, oh, that's cool, but I'm the big one. So it butts the troll in the head with its horns and the troll falls in the river and they all get across. Girl boss. <laughs> um, so this idea of trolls uh, guarding bridges, of course, was very common in uh, pre-Roman Celtic Europe. Um, Pre-Roman Britons actually thought that uh, troll women uh, lived under uh, some of these uh, bridges in Devonshire, in England are actually very old. They were built by the very first humans, some of the very first humans to arrive. Uh, so many generations, even before the Romans showed up, these these had been here and existed in the collective conscious. Let's talk about their idea of trolls, though, because it's a little different from our idea of trolls. And for this, I would like to credit the source that I found on this information. It's a very good blog by Terry Windling, the Into the Woods series. And so she references that troll women were very wise beings, very beautiful as well. They could be intelligent. They could also be cruel or both. And, and they, they could travel between our world and the other world as well, which was, uh, so, so the Celtics people also had an idea that there was, um, like our world and then a spirit world, very common. So they could occasionally be born into a almost human appearance. Humans would fall in love with these troll maidens. They, they didn't have human lifespans. They could live for very long times. And that, that was why that they were thought, one entity was thought to inhabit a bridge over many successive generations. Uh, they were associated with the hearth as well, because trolls were also associated with stone, they would be associated with these early bridges, which were large stone slabs that had frequently been brought many miles by early humans and laid across these streams for early transportation. But again, I have to stress that they weren't necessarily considered to be 
inherently bad or ugly. They were just another spirit creature that happened to share the same world as us, and they had their own motives, but their motives weren't necessarily malicious. They could also be helpful as well. This idea of a mean, malicious, human-eating, ugly troll is something that actually develops later during the Middle Ages in Europe, and it probably has something to do with the arrival of monotheistic religion in this case, Christianity. God, them again? Um, I mean, I, I say this as a Christian myself. But of course, you know, Christianity, as do all monotheistic religions, it's got there can only be one mentality, and there's not really room for other spirits and entities. So these will-of-the-wisps, fairies, trolls get recast as demons, and they become entities that need to be driven out instead of cohabitating the world with us. And you can see through that, you know, the the, the arrival of our modern ghost hunter, mm-hmm. exorcism kind of culture around ghosts and spirit entities. In many cases, these entities just became the devil in stories. So the idea of the Devil's Bridge began to appear. Oh, okay. Let's move ahead to the late antiquity, the migration period, when the the Roman Empire had collapsed and these newer Germanic tribes had begun to settle in the countryside where uh, Roman plantations once stood. And it's accurate, I think, to call them plantations because they were, in the Roman world, these were large monoculture agricultural establishments where they just grew one crop, exported it to the wider region, uh, and frequently they were run on the backs of slave labor. So anyway, these new Germanic peoples didn't necessarily remember how to build these bridges. That information had been lost, and they had sometimes forgotten who had even built them. So very interesting stories came about as to these large bridges and aqueducts that they had no living memory of being built. And to them, they were so large and impressive, they thought these must have been built by supernatural entities. That's awkward. (laughs) Just like I totally (laughs) forgot that like my great, great, great grandmother built that bridge. Clearly it was aliens. Uh, Yep. That's, there's, yeah. That is, (laughs) Ooh. That's a that's actually a very good analogy that right there. That is uncomfortable. There. A very good analogy. <laughs> Often they would depict the devil as being the one who built these bridges because, of course, they were just so large and advanced that they couldn't have been built by humans. And oftentimes the devil makes a deal, an agreement, with the person who needs the bridge built. Uh, usually it's for that person's soul. And this kind of mirrors earlier traditions. Uh, if we go back to ancient Britain again, there have been bridges, or the remains of bridges have been found over the River Thames, and they would frequently offer swords. I need to get a final reference on that as the location. So in a future episode, actually, I'd like to talk about that more specifically, uh, Celtic religion. Um, I thought you wanted to talk about swords. So no, they, they would. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, Thames. So, so offerings would be made at bridges. So this is an old theme. So the idea of offering sacrifice at bridges morphs into this cultural motif of making a deal with the devil to have this bridge built. And it, it becomes that in a Christian context. The first example I'm going to bring up is the Ferreras uh, Aqueduct in Spain. I believe I pronounced that correctly. Um, let me see it. Is that correct? Ferreras. That's a lot of R's. Wow. Um, uh, Spanish was a while ago. Less. Fe, fe, there's some rolling R's that I just can't do. Less. less 
It's been a while. Um, so this is in the Catalonia region in Spain, which also has its own very unique cultural traditions as well as pronunciation of words. It's got its own unique accent. Okay, then um, there's so, there is no no way I'll get it right. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, it, it was built by the Romans 2,000 years ago as an aqueduct to bring water to the city of Terraco. Uh, which today is known as Tarragonia. It's 249 meters across, which is 817 feet, 27 meters high, which is 89 feet. It's got two levels of arches, 11 large arches on the bottom and 25 smaller arches on the top. And there are a few different variations on this story, but usually involves an older couple that lived in the forest near Terraco, and they'd have to cross the river with their donkeys to sell their property products at the market nearby. They'd have to cross an old wood bridge to get there. Uh, one day there was a bad storm, the bridge was washed away, and they were trying to figure out how to get across the river when the devil appeared. Uh, they said they could make a deal to cross the bridge in return for the first soul to cross it. The devil built the bridge. But how valuable is a soul, really? <laughs> like, what's it? what's he doing with them? <laughs> Then the old woman then cheated the devil, slapped her donkey, who ran over the bridge ahead of them. Which is a little cruel. Poor donkey. Yeah, it's rude to the donkey, but also the, the donkey's soul was probably a little bit better than hers anyways. <laughs> um, you know what? I hope, I hope the devil treated that donkey's soul very well. Donkeys actually have an interesting uh, mythological association in... Um, Abrahamic religions as well. So yeah, Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Of course, there's a story about um, you know, Mary rides a donkey to Bethlehem, but then also in the- Did you just say Bethlehem? Is that how it's pronounced? Bethlehem, Bethlehem. I was it pronounced Bethlehem. Am I wrong? I might be mispronouncing it. You might be right. Or I'm mispronouncing it. Or, or both of us are wrong. It might be just my obscure pronunciation. Bethlehem. Uh, but yeah, in the, in the Old Testament, um, there's a story about uh, there's the story about the talking donkey. Mm. So, yeah, interesting theme. That's a different topic for a different time. But, yeah, let's jump ahead to the 10th and 11th century in Wales. We're going back to Britain again. And here we're going to combine a lot of old tropes in a Christian context. Now, um, this is the town of Ceredigion, Wales. I, don't know. I and And I do hope that I got that right, but... Can you please say it in Welsh? Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> Actually, I love how Welsh sounds, but I, I am I am absolutely hopeless at trying to pronunciate Welsh place names. Uh, <laughs> so there, there's a story about the Devil's Bridge in Ceredigion, Wales. So these were three bridges built on top of each other. Uh, it's, it's an interesting place to visit today and see pictures of, because uh, after they decided to improve on the old bridge, they, they didn't demolish it, they just built on top of it. So it's three successive bridges. <laughs> um, I'm curious, but I also like, I'm questioning that. <laughs> But, uh, that, that makes me nervous. But yeah, the, the, the original bridge was probably built sometime between 1075 and 1200. The legend here is that there's an old woman who had lost her cow, saw it on the other side of the river. The devil appeared and said he would build a bridge in return for the, the, uh, the soul of the first one to cross it. You see a similar theme of... This cannot be an effective way to get souls. <laughs> 
Like, you get one soul per bridge, like, per crisis. Like, this can't, there cannot be a good return on investment with this plan. Yeah, I guess it's better than going down to Georgia and getting in a fiddle contest. (laughs) I think that only happened once. We must have decided that that was not a good plan. So yeah, so so the the devil uh, agrees to build the bridge for a soul, and the woman in this story tricks the devil when she throws a piece of bread across, and her dog crosses to fetch it. Now, so this is interesting because it combines the earlier trope mm-hmm. with dogs being associated with uh, being guardians of bridges. But also, like, why would you do that bridges. to your dog? It seems to be drawing on the idea that the dog is a guard of the bridge, but also the dog guards the owner crossing the bridge against malicious spirits as the bridge goes across to the afterlife. So it's. I just don't like it when people sacrifice their animals to the devil for their souls. (laughs) Which, you know what? According to that one sociology professor I had, animals don't have souls because... Yeah, and when I was a freshman in college, I had a sociology professor who was, like, very well-renowned in his field who went on, like, a 20-30 minute tangent about how dogs don't have souls, which, by the way, has nothing to do with sociology or the course, and it wasn't on the exam, so he was just there to, to make us all really you, mad. It would have been funny if you just questioned if he had a soul in the middle of class. I mean... <laughs> I just, I wasn't that brave instead. I just like walked out of the class in the middle of it. And then the next class, he did a 20 minute tangent about how we weren't allowed to get up and leave the class. Um, He also, on the exam, uh, spelt pseudoscience incorrectly. He spelt it like men's suit. Oh. Um, And then he failed me. And I retook sociology as a sophomore. Huh. Only class I've ever failed. And by failed, I mean I got a D, so it didn't count on my transcript, and I had to take it again. Uh Anyways, I'm sorry. Bridges. (laughs) Dogs. Bread. (laughs) Um, But that's that's just Western Europe, so I'm going to jump all the way across the Eurasian continent to uh, Japan. Are you panicking about pronunciation? I am. Okay. I am. The Japanese also have a myth of a floating bridge that connects heaven and earth. Okay. Do all these cultures call it a bridge or do some people call it like a road or is it always a bridge? As far as I'm aware, it's always a bridge. Interesting, okay. Yes, it's always a bridge that crosses. I I will attempt to pronounce uh, this next name, uh, Hashihimi, uh, who is the maiden of the bridge. So this is a character in Japanese literature that appeared during the uh, Minerva has some things to say about it. All right, then. <laughs> she is into this story. Uh, so, so this a char- this uh, character uh, appeared sometime around nine oh five that we first have that, that that we first have a poem uh, written about her, and she was considered to be a lonely wife who was pining for her lover or in some cases her husband and I mean, I'd like to think that they they could possibly be one and the same <laughs> hopefully that'd be nice <laughs> um, I think that's the goal but uh, he, he was he was unfaithful to her damn it uh, she became jealous and turned into a demon <laughs> that and... escalated is uh, associated with 
uh, haunting bridges. I mean, do what you gotta do, girl. Yeah, specifically a uh, a bridge just outside of Kyoto uh, called the Uji Bridge. At this time, I'd like to say that I had trouble uh, finding good bridge stories that were either Bantu or Koisan in origin. So from sub-Saharan Africa, I would love to hear them if anyone has any. Most ones I found were from the Americas or from Eurasia. But yeah, if, if anyone has any, I would love to hear them. Uh, so hit us up at our Gmail because we just set it up. It's Spooky Story Podcast. Is that correct? Yes. Spooky Story Podcast. Spooky Story Podcast, which is S-P-O-O-K-I-S-T-O-R-Y podcast at gmail.com. I'll also put it in the show notes. Yes. Um, you can also find us on, on Instagram and Twitter and all that fun stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so- I don't know why I said that so quietly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like whispered it. <laughs> So I guess rounding up, I'd like to offer my theory on why bridges would have been such an important metaphor to many early peoples. Uh, so as humans, the first humans are leaving Africa and spreading across the world, one of the most common barriers that they would have encountered would have been rivers. And I mean, usually this would have been a, a dangerous crossing with a worldview that didn't have very clear boundaries between the physical and metaphorical. Of course, many of these early people were animist in some way. Uh, These rivers would symbolize a boundary between either this world and the world to come or this world and the spirit world. So if a bridge was made by a fallen tree or stepping stones or even if a bunch of people came together and moved large stones as they did to build a permanent bridge to cross a river, these bridges would end up creating choke points where the various kinds of animals and other people would end up crossing. In this early, more dangerous world, two parties crossing the river at the same time could produce a conflict. As slowly humans killed off the biggest predators of the time, that idea of meeting some kind of large beast or monster on a bridge that seems to have survived in the... uh... Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah, cat. Our cat just booked it down the hall, like, toward us, and she sounded like a thousand horses, even though she is an eight-pound cat. Our cat would like to remind us that fierce beasts still do exist in the world, she and does. it is her. <laughs> she will guard a bridge. Um. She will take your soul. So, yeah, this, so this idea of meeting a challenger at a bridge seems to have remained in the collective storytelling traditions of people across the world. As these uh, bridges and the rivers that they crossed represented a crossing into the afterlife uh, seems to be where we got this motif of uh, dead human spirits that were unable to cross over to the other side also seems to appear from that tradition. But I think talking about ghosts is a little more your thing. So I will ask, does that bridge the topic between me and you? I hate that. (laughs) I hate this. Okay, you know what? Us doing this is not an excuse just for you to make puns. Okay? Okay? We'll talk about it. I'm just not, I'm just saying. That was a lot. That was, that was dense. Covered like, 
feel like we just had a whirlwind trip. I butchered a ton of pronunciations. Uh, you gave a valiant effort, and um, yeah. <laughs> no, that was fun. That was that was interesting. Um, the cat is rolling around in, in the tablecloth. I'm sure that rustling will pick up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Minerva says hi. Let's see if I can get her. Little miss. Little miss. She's not gonna, she's not gonna, like, talk to them. No, she is. Also, she, right now, she is fierce beast for pounce. Haunted bridges were, um... It was not as meaty a topic as I was hoping for. There are a lot, there are hundreds of haunted bridges and every town kind of has its own haunted bridge and specific like urban legend attached to it. But none of them are are particularly long stories. So, and some of them, you know, run into each other and become very similar. So I have um, a collection of... Um, of bridges with a smattering of lores. Okay. Um, I tried to keep them them pretty diverse. Um, I was I was trying to find um, more bridges from other cultures and and bridges that were not in um, the U.S. and I struggled, but I found hundreds all across the U.S. Um, so if anyone has any stories out there from bridges and other places i would love to hear them i wonder if that has to do with um the the european settlement of north america because i mean like from how i saw in mine that the idea of uh either will-o'-wisps or fairies or trolls being guardians of bridges being turned into devils guarding bridges or having built bridges in return for a sacrifice. I wonder if that's that mentality that then translated over to the U.S., but because these bridges were built new, they didn't have, they couldn't have an origin story for the bridge, so they just, so a ghost got attached to it instead. Maybe that's, that's an interesting theory, a lot of them start to sound kind of more like cautionary tales, and some of them. Well, we'll get into it. They all, they all, to me, kind of have a common, a common theme. Um, but that's that's what was happening in mine too. Yeah, it was. Uh, a lot of times, I would be re- if I was to repeat every story. These stories in Europe say about the devil requiring an offering to build a bridge. That that story gets repeated over and over again. There were many examples I found, and I only just listed two of them. But also, yeah, the the idea in various religions, uh, like I didn't even get to like the Rainbow Bridge with the Navajo people. Uh, the Aztecs thought that um, dogs would uh, be guardians on the way to the afterlife. Like these themes just keep showing up over and over again mm-hmm. and just slight nuances in the way that the stories are told. My bridge stories are not quite so cute. Um, <laughs> so I, I will start. I um. Uh, so my first bridge is in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. It is the Sachs Covered Bridge. Um, it is a 100-foot covered bridge that was built in 1852. 
and by the time the Civil War broke out, the bridge was used by both Union and Confederate soldiers. Shortly before the Battle of Gettysburg, three Confederate soldiers who had fled to the north and tried to, bl to blend in by dressing in Union uniforms were discovered. Concerned they were spies, the Union soldiers executed the men and hung them from the bridge as a warning to other Confederates in the area. They didn't really mm. know if they were deserters or, like, what was going on, but, you know, it was wartime, so they weren't taking any chances. I do really want to know what the giveaway was that they were like, these three aren't from here. <laughs> Um. <laughs> it was it was their insistence at always claiming, well, that's just not how things are done in the South. <laughs> we do things a little different in the South. <laughs> or maybe they were served iced tea and spat it out when they found there was no sugar. <laughs> I'm sorry, this hasn't been... This is not mostly syrup. I do not want it. Biscuits I like my grandma used to make. Anyways. They they asked them for a pin and a pen, and the Confederate soldiers were unable to tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, keep going. <laughs> I just want to throw it out there. I am from the South. <laughs> I am not punching down. I am punching vertically. <laughs> I am just punching. Um um, today, this is considered one of the most haunted bridges, if not the most haunted bridge in America. Uh, so there's frequently uh, ghost tours that pass through the bridge. And if you visit, you may hear gunfire because the Battle of Gettysburg did happen nearby. Uh, cannon fire and shouts as though the battle is still actively happening. Some visitors see full-bodied apparitions in Union uniforms and some have their hair pulled or their shoulder tapped, which... Um, no, thank you. One visitor claims to have captured a picture of a half-man, half-beast creature at the bridge, although that is the only account of that creature that I found. Oh. Which, not a fan. Not, no. Like a, like a satyr type thing with, like, goat's hooves? I, um, so I did look at the picture. Uh-huh. I don't see it, personally. Uh-huh. I don't, and it doesn't line up with any of the other accounts, and I think that, like, you know, when you're looking at accounts of hauntings in common places, you, you have to look for, like, certain themes. I'm not saying that she didn't, like, feel or, like, experience what she experienced. I'm just saying I looked at the picture, and I don't see it. Okay. Our next bridge is in Seaford, Delaware. Did I say that right? Seaford? Yeah. Okay. Um... And this is Maggie's Bridge. So this is a very unassuming bridge in the middle of the woods, but it was the site of a terrible tragedy. In the early to mid-1800s, a young woman named Maggie Bloxham was traveling home. She was pregnant at the time. Something spooked her horse, and her carriage was thrown into the water where she drowned. But her spirit still wanders the bridge, looking for her lost baby. So according to the legend, today, if you walk out onto the bridge and call out three times, Maggie, Maggie, I have your baby. You will hear her screaming from the nearby woods. Um, some people who have done this also report that their uh, car won't start. Some people have said their windows have been smashed out um, and they're not able to leave the bridge. Um, which, which fair, like that's kind of a rude thing to come to the bridge and shout. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. Like, just rude. Yeah, yeah, you're just kind of, you know, shouting, hey, dead girl. 
Yeah. I know you lost your child and that was pretty traumatic for you, but like I have it. Oh, oh no, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just like wanted to see something cool happen. Okay. No. I'd, I'd be pissed too. Like I get it, Maggie. Do what you got to do, girl. Our next haunted bridge is Egypt Road Bridge in Salem, Ohio. This one just looks creepy. Like it is, it is in a like pretty dense wooded area. It's not like totally out of the way of civilization, but it's in a, in a densely wooded area. If you visit the Egypt Road Bridge at any time of day, you may hear a baby crying from underneath the bridge and see a mist rising towards you. But if you check, there's there's no children around. And, and a cry, so this is called a crybaby bridge and it's actually a very common phenomenon. There's several crybaby bridges across the United States um, with very similar Ugh. stories, yeah, of hearing like babies crying from Ugh. underneath bridges. Um, there's, there's a whole Wikipedia page with just a whole list of them. Like it's, it's happening a lot. Um, so the legend associated with the Egypt Road Bridge in Salem, Ohio, which there's so much going on in that, like there's Egypt and there's Salem and there's Ohio. <laughs> and it's throwing me off because I don't know where we are. Uh, so the legend goes in Salem, Ohio, a couple brought their baby out to picnic near Egypt Road Bridge. Uh, when they got to the bridge, they began to argue and they were so involved in their fight that they didn't notice that the baby had crawled away. But by the time they realized it had fallen off the bridge, it was too late. The mother jumped in to try and save the baby, but ultimately drowned as well. The father, absolutely distraught that his wife and child were dead, went mad and ran into the woods. Um, it's also said that he haunts Egypt Road. So the lore there is not just that the bridge is haunted, but mm -hmm. the road surrounding it as well. And you'll see dark figures dart back and forth across the road. Yeah, I don't like that one. That one just creeps me out. Mm. Especially, like, I'm really fascinated at the phenomenon of the crybaby bridge. Because that is very widespread. And our next one is a little bit closer to home. Um, it is the Pigman Bridge in Germantown, Tennessee, which is just outside Memphis. Meeman Shelby State Park is a 13,000 acre park. And if you visit, you may stumble across Pigman Bridge. It makes me think of Minecraft. They've got pig people in Minecraft as, like, mobs that run around. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Are they scary? There's, there's, like, mobs that you can What is interact a mob? With. Like, like, a, like an AI character. It's an NPC character that you can just interact with in Minecraft. Okay. Just okay. Yeah, they, they're, just, they're just part of the, yeah. They have bridges? No. Do you have to give them your soul? No. Okay. No. What do they do? They can either be hostile or neutral or... So they're just, they're just people. Yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> they're just people and we're calling them pigs. Well, no, I mean, they, 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 they look like pigs. Okay. Yeah, they're, 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 their little avatars look like, look like pigs. Okay. <laughs> Minecraft's weird. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over I, there. I say that, but Minecraft is actually the background when I, I opened up I my know. laptop just now. I know. It appeared. <laughs> Are you about to show me? A... No, no, keep going, keep going. Oh, I thought, no, you, give me a... Keep going. I, I just, I just opened up my laptop because I... Where was I? You were talking, you had just mentioned pigmen uh, in Tennessee, and I started I was on the first sentence, so yeah, I was, you, you I got were, the first... You were at the very okay. beginning. Cool, cool. <laughs> this story's sad. Um, so, 
uh, the Pigman Bridge is named for the story. Um, it's an urban legend uh, claiming a man who was disfigured in an accident at an explosive factory in the early 1900s was given the name Pigman because of his horrible disfigurations. Oh. Oh. Because of the Pretty. mocking... Yeah, it's, it's a really sad story. Because of the mocking and ridicule he received, he fled into the forest and hid out under the bridge. Some say he would attack children who wandered too close to the bridge for food. I also just want to say, I found no record that this actually happened. And this this may just be an urban legend. Mm. Just want to throw that out there because I do not like that story. Today, if you drive out onto the bridge at night, roll down your windows, turn off your car, and call out, Pigman, Pigman, Pigman. Flashing your lights each time, he'll appear and try to drag you down under the bridge and claim you as his next victim. Mm. Something mm. was a little different. Mm. Mm. Um, That's near us. It's very close to us, yes. Yeah, do we know anyone who's tried it? I don't know anyone who lives in Memphis. That's true. This story doesn't hold a lot of water because no one seems to know where this bridge is. So I don't know if this is... So, like an urban legend just to keep children from wandering away or mm-hmm. if if it's based on anything that happened. I don't even know if there was really an explosive factory in Memphis. It's just a, a different kind of legend associated that kind of like monster under the bridge where the rest of these are just very sad, mournful hauntings. This is the only one where the lore is, you know, actively trying to harm you seemingly unprovoked like with maggie if you're calling out that you have her baby like i would argue that you are you are provoking her yeah it you were like lying the to her equivalent of like bloody mary kind of yeah, yeah. and it's always in all of these things it's always you say a name three times and that that happens over and over again in in these stories if you're trying to make an entity appear um, are you looking at my page? No. So this isn't going to be a surprise? You probably knew I was going to do this. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I have one last bridge I'm going to talk about. Okay. And we're going back to North Carolina. Okay. And I thought you know exactly what bridge I'm going to do. Oh, okay. Probably then. <laughs> you probably know this one better, better than I do, actually. That's fine. I like to hear you tell it, if it's what I think it is. You can jump in, because I did not hang out under this bridge at night as a teenage hooligan. So Uh, so this is Lydia's Bridge in Jamestown, North Carolina. To be fair to the teenage hooligans, there wasn't as much to do when uh, I was in high school back then. So not everyone's cut out for studying. On a rainy night in 1924, Burke Hardison was driving home to High Point from NC State. He saw a young woman in a white gown standing alone in the downpour. She held out her hand for him to stop his car. She approached him and asked for a ride to her home in High Point. He followed her directions to her house without much more in the way of conversation. When he pulled up to the house, he turned to look at her, but she had vanished, like she had never been there at all. Wondering if he had somehow missed her getting out of the car, Burke went up to the house and knocked on the door. A woman answered and sadly explained to him that her daughter had been killed in a car accident the previous year on the Jamestown Bridge. 
Many more drivers have come forward over the years, saying that they have also given Lydia a ride home, only to have her vanish as soon as they reach the destination. As if she's been pulled right back to the spot where she died before she can be reunited with her family. Is that the gist of it? As you are one of the locals who grew up with this lore? Yeah, more or less. Okay. <laughs> there's, um, there's actually two bridges there. There's a modern bridge. Well, I say modern, it's, it's a few decades old now. Uh, it's, it's the one that High Point Road currently goes under. And where it's East Main Street there because that road keeps changing names. And now they've renamed that whole road Gate City Boulevard. And they're building a bypass for Jamestown. But that's a different story for a different time. Which I'll probably never tell. Because yeah, it's not. It's not hear, an interesting who, story. Who wants to hear about bypasses? Um, but yeah, there's a modern bridge. That's the one that's covered in graffiti. There's an older arch bridge which is covered in kudzu, which is right next to the bridge, but it's uh, like the the way the woods are dense can sometimes make it hard to see as you're driving by. Yeah, yeah. There's like I found and, pictures and, and of. I kind of remember old seeing bridge, it. Like yeah, when, looks spooky. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing it when I went to college in that area and we would be driving around i remember i remember you pointing out where it used to be where the original bridge where this car accident would have happened mm-hmm. and yeah i found some pictures of it and it's a, a creepy looking little bridge which i think a lot of people think that the modern bridge that you can drive under now is lydia's bridge but i guess it's technically not Supposedly, some people have seen her at the new bridge as well. So there's a story that she got tired of waiting at the old bridge and, you know, just walked the few yards over to the new bridge and now hangs out there. I mean, I get it. Why stand in the woods? So a story began to take shape and many believed that Lydia died in a car accident on the way to a dance. Over many years, the story began to be dismissing that no woman named Lydia ever died on the Jamestown Bridge. So this kind of faded into history as just a local legend, even though there are still people out there today who say that they gave this woman a ride home, which I think uh, Travel Channel even has, like, someone on there saying that he gave her a ride home, like, sometime in the last, like, 10 years, which, I mean, the the idea of a hitchhiking ghost is, is pretty common, but I, this is the only one I found, or that I personally know of, that's, um associated with a bridge that kind of combines those two those two legends but yeah even when i lived there i kept hearing that you know this is the story but it never happens like this isn't yeah there's no the water in this yeah. there was there was no when i mean when i was there there was assumed it was made up so there was no real fear because yeah so <laughs> so in 2017, researchers Michael Renegar and Amy Greer came across a news article from the Greensboro Patriot from 1920. On a rainy summer night, there was an accident on the bridge when the driver lost control of the car. The driver and two of the passengers survived, but 30-year-old Annie L. Jackson was thrown from the car. And the ghost sightings began shortly following that. Mm. Michael Renegar was trying to find a descendant of Annie L. Jackson to try and corroborate this story. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the great, great 
grandniece of Annie L Mm -hmm. was trying to find out what happened to her grandmother's sister Uh that no one ever talked about. Uh So then she had this theory that Annie died on that bridge. Uh And so she got connected with Michael Renegar and they put this whole story together Mm -hmm. and they believe that her name was Annie Lydia Jackson. Okay. Did they, I guess sometimes it's really hard to find like records for middle names, especially. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. I don't know my own family's middle names going that far back. Yeah. That's crazy. So I'm, I don't know if, if they have. So they found an L person, an Mm -hmm. L woman from the time period. Yep. Huh. So there may very well have been a Lydia who died on that bridge. Huh. So it does. There's like, there actually is like weight to that story, even though it got dismissed for almost a hundred years, which makes you go back and wonder about all of the rest of these stories Mm. because it took them that long to find this newspaper clipping proving that this happened, even though it got dismissed over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it did change because Annie Jackson was 30, so she definitely wasn't on her way to a prom. Yeah. So there, there's parts of it that got changed and fishtailed and morphed into and, you know, becomes this cautionary tale of, like, you know, telling your teenagers don't, like, drive recklessly or drive drunk on your way to the school Yeah, dance. that was that was how I had always understood as a kid. It was a cautionary tale. Like, yeah, don't don't go to prom uh, if your date's drunk, basically. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it morphed to serve a purpose in the community because that bridge is, it's right next to your high school, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So like it's, it morphed to serve a purpose as a cautionary tale, but it is based in reality. Mm. She was in fact a real person, which then if that one's true, it makes you go back and look at all the others and wonder what elements of truth exist in all those stories. I think that's what I really like about looking at old myths and wondering what event caused this or what true statement were people trying to say. Because it's, it's interesting how that this uh, this Lydia's Bridge story, it almost is old enough now that it slightly functions as a myth in a way. Mm-hmm. It includes supernatural elements. It also gives a it gives a moral to the story which has been plopped on top of it uh which is you know about the driving drunk and trusting your prom date and but but it seems like it also is related to an event that actually happened even though that event is somewhat different from how it exists now in the collective imagination but you can go one step further and is she really still there Mm -hmm. still like stuck in that loop of trying to get home. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just found out that that one, yeah. that that's that real life story was connected to that legend, which as soon as I moved there, I was told about that bridge and that it was completely dismissed as like, well, this, this is just lore. This didn't happen. Yeah. So yeah. like I was psyched to find this. Like I got chills when I found this because yeah. this is, this is so cool to find like an urban legend that can be validated and a name can be given to 
to a real person with real experiences and an actual life and like a family who was heartbroken when they lost someone like it's I don't yeah. know I just it was and then to watch how it morphed like just it was such an interesting way to bookend that story uh-huh. you know years after we moved away from that area no, that's I mean, what I like about ghost stories. There's like always that element of truth. It's just finding that element of truth. Yeah, no, but, but that's crazy. But that that reminds me. Very recently, our archaeologists uh, in the Middle East have found evidence of a ancient meteor, or it was a comet that would have impacted the area uh, east of the east of the Jordan River uh, several thousand years ago. And as this comet came down, it would have exploded in the upper atmosphere and it would have caused like a, it it would have caused a sonic boom that would have leveled buildings, crushed everything, but also would have rained down fire from the sky. So some people have suggested maybe this is the origin of uh, the Sodom and Gomorrah story from the Bible. Huh. Uh, Because they have remains from the area, but also they found tiny pieces of glass all in the sand, which would have indicated that the sand melted extremely high temperatures, which at the time, the only thing that they didn't have nuclear weapons at the time. So the only thing that could have caused that would have been some kind of impact event from space. Wow. But yeah, it, like, it matches the story of like fire raining down from the sky and destroying entire cities. And then, and then it's funny as, as that story gets retold over and over again, uh, all these different traditions apply different morals to that story, mm-hmm. but it's that story could have quite likely come from a horrible event mm-hmm. that really impacted, like it would have impacted thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I want to do a research on um, like old stories from the Near East and Eastern Mediterranean, what what they could potentially be based off of in real archaeology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. Anyways, that was that was indeed my last bridge. Um, there was one that, that, there's one that I found. You found a bridge? Yes, it's a, it's a haunted bridge. Oh, um, that's my part. I know, already... which is why that I, I didn't mention it. It's the one in Scotland. I found it when I was researching the association between dogs and bridges. Found a dog bridge? Haunted dog bridge? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a horrible... Have you heard of this one? It's it's no, horrible. I, I don't. Or I ignored it because Waverly was a lot, so I just didn't... Uh... Oh, no, I did. I ignored that one. I didn't want to talk about that. Okay. You go ahead. Um. Yeah, I didn't want to research this one uh, because Bellwitch and Waverly were a lot, so this was too much for me. Yeah, this this is... This, this one's big sad. Um... Well, now, now we have to mention it. So it's known as the Dog Suicide Bridge in Scotland. The dog next door just started barking. Yeah, that was that was really upsetting. I don't like it. It's okay, baby. I'm sorry. So He can't hear me. That was weird timing, though. Yeah, supposedly it's this is a paranormal place uh, that there's some evil entity there that entices dogs to jump from the bridge. Uh, there have been supposedly cases of dogs who have attempted to jump, lived the first time, run back up around, oh. and attempted to jump a second time. No one's really sure why. That's horrifying. Like, people have tried to figure out 
why this happens and no one that I'm aware of has been able to uh, give a to 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 give a compelling answer to this. Yeah, it, it showed up and because obviously dogs and bridges, mm-hmm. so it showed up with what that I had. But then, so but there's not really a story of a ghost with it that I'm aware of. It's just a weird uh, thing that just keeps happening. It, yeah, it's just this Ugh. unexplained thing that just. Yeah, it keep, keeps happening over and over again. So I, I guess it's associated as being paranormal because there's not a scientific explanation for it. So yeah. some people have said there's like a yeah, malicious spirit that lives there. Um, I guess another one, and it would be, I guess it's not a haunted bridge. It's a paranormal bridge, but we were going to, we had talked about doing one on um, the Mothman bridge. Oh, well, that's a, that's a thing. In that's a whole, itself. Mothman is a epic tale. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Mothman is kind of associated, kind of associated with a bridge, but it's not really like what I would think of as a as a haunted bridge story. Yeah. I can't really, su- you know, Mothman, so I can't really like surprise you with the story of Mothman because we watched no, that but, movie together. Well, I mean, I knew about it before that movie, but then, Fine. but you also told me things about that that actually I didn't know. So apparently, there's a lot more that I didn't know about it about like sightings that had occurred more recently outside of the area and it was one that i wanted to do as well from my end uh, because like a whole mothman rundown yeah but because of the similarities uh between uh mothman which is like a flying insect creature of prophecy that prophesies doom and disaster and comparing that with the bale of ekron which shows up in the bible Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, which uh, was named Beelzebul, which means... Oh, yeah, careful. so... Careful. Careful. That's a, that's a whole... <laughs> woof. Uh, but yeah, that meant... that. So, Zebul just means prince. Mm-hmm. So, it meant Lord Prince, but it got changed to Zebub, which was fly. Careful, I'm not... Which is... Uh, what it was... <laughs> Right. Just don't say it. Don't say it. You're not supposed to say it. Let's not get extra and just start throwing names out. Okay. That's another thing in, in, in the haunted paranormal lore is there's a lot of names you're not allowed to say. So it's okay to say Mothman? Yeah, you can say Mothman all day long. People think like Mothman stickers. Huh. Because as I understand it, I, for some reason I think people think that Mothman is like a helpful entity, but I've never heard of Mothman actually once saying good things to people or people being like, wow, my life got so much better from everything. I understand it to be a malicious prophesying creature of doom, which is actually how that the, the Baal of Ekron was, well, that, that's, that's, that's yeah, a story is, for a different yeah, time. Is, we'll just have to do a, a, a Mothman episode mm-hmm. um, and then find out that we're not allowed to say Mothman out loud. Um, this was a much um bridges were much shorter than i thought they were gonna be well yeah the the first two were extremely dense and long we did we like set the bar high in the early if you listen to all of those um thank you we love you and i'm sorry yeah i um i i tried to trim it down this time i if the stories i told i 
if there's a story about a bridge, I tried to just tell that story mm. once and not tell that story as it appears in many cultures across the Eurasian continent. But let's end it on a happy note, actually, because we can come back to this later, because now I also want to do a dogs episode. I've decided I want for that to happen. Can I do a go? Okay. I don't know how happy that's going to be on my end. On the, on the spook end. Hmm. I hope I haven't closed out of it. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm going to wait because I really like this story. Okay. So what's, our, what's our topic for next week? You want to spoil it? Oh, we don't have to. Oh, okay. No, we can. I hope that uh, no one in Kentucky got too upset with us for uh, expressing concern over... Uh, Your well-being. Over their well-being. We know, watch out for those sinkholes. We know wonderful people in Kentucky. have some very good friends from there, so... Um, I hope they find it funny and don't... They're not listening. No, they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> it goes out to anyone in the artistic community who has ever tried to get their friends and family to participate in their endeavors and their friends or family are just like, that's cool. I'll check it out later. And then my heart goes out to you. I get it. <laughs> I'm an actor. I understand. So uh, next would be, uh, well, we're moving up into the Northeast, New England and Connecticut specifically. Connecticut. Connecticut. Full state which, of Connecticut. On the way the history up. History of Connecticut. On the way up to New England, another uh, another way to bridge the topic going up there, which is another bridge I thought of, which isn't. I don't know if it counts as a haunted bridge, but the uh, Sleepy Hollow story and the headless horseman. Is there a bridge in that? Doesn't the headless horseman pursue people to the bridge if they make it across the bridge? Then they're safe. That the headless horseman can pursue you as far as the bridge. I don't remember. I know you have to get out of the woods. I don't remember if you have to get across the bridge. It's been a while. That used to be my favorite cartoon for a while when I was a kid. It was funny because I didn't even know it existed until I met you. Really? No, I was. It was like an old cartoon. Together last year was the first time I'd ever seen it. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know it existed. Um, I was like a classic, like. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't I know like, it was a thing. That was like my favorite Halloween thing when I was a kid. I mean, I knew about the story. Was the headless horseman? Yeah, I knew about the story. I guess the, the way I had heard the story was that if the headless horseman was trace, chasing you, you had to get to the bridge before the headless horseman caught you. If you were, then you were safe. Oh, I, I don't remember. Those brain cells are still in that sociology class where that professor's telling me that dogs don't have souls. You know what? We can talk if, about if, it if later. I, yeah, that's if a, I'm that's wrong, I'll correct thing. myself that's that time. That's um, All right. Yeah. So we're we're three episodes into this. This mm-hmm. is this is committed. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I hope. Go, go ahead. I, I just want to put it out there. I hope it is well received. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if there are things we can improve on, if you happen to find us, um, 
you can tell us. Just please, please tell us nicely, please. Uh, we'll work on it. We're trying. <laughs> and and from my end, uh, anything that I've mispronunciated. Um, mispronunciated. <laughs> uh, I would like to start with mispronunciated. That's the word I just said. Yeah, that's what. That's what I want to start with. Mis- mispronunciated. Mispronunciated. You're trying to say mispronounced. Is there's mis- a- is mispronunciated a word? I thought it was. <laughs> I've been saying fam- it for I, years I, now. I, so. <laughs> I am not familiar with the word mispronunciated. I will look into that and I will get back to mispronunciation. you. Mispronunciation. <laughs> The phenomenon of the mispronunciation. <laughs> Mispronunciatized. I know that's not real. <laughs> Anyways, tell him about the things he mispronunciatized. Mm-hmm. And any uh, anything relevant that's uh, connected to what that I've been talking about? Any other any other uh, opposing takes or different sides? To um, I, I try to I try to turn culture and history into a story that moves throughout time and i know that every story has a different perspective so i love to hear other people's perspectives it's how that i know that i'm grounded in reality so i don't want to hear just different i don't want to be grounded in reality don't tell me your perspective (laughs) i'm joking i'm sorry okay so lay lay it on me (laughs) yes please uh like share subscribe follow rate Mm -hmm. Those things, I'll learn what they are and eventually. Find us on Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter and maybe even TikTok. Oh, okay. If I can, maybe I'll get Peter on TikTok. That'll be a that'll be a time. Okay, I that that would be some time. That would that would. <laughs> I mean, though. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll you know we're still kind of figuring things out and figuring out our routine. So we'll try a few different things here for the next couple before we settle into something that we think works best. So if, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this is something we can, uh, we can keep doing. Um, yeah, but, but for now, thank you. This has been Spook History and we will see you next time.